welcome to The Villain Was Right, the podcast where we look at movies and TV shows from the villain's perspective and don't ask, were they really all that bad? I'm your host, Rebecca Reeds. And I'm your host, Craig Faye. And this week we are talking about the classic for the kind of scary movie month. Our, our first movie of the month is Anaconda, the 90s classic. And we are joined by a very special guest. She is wearing formal bike shorts right now. I love her so much. I we she's been on our list of like people we had to get in so hard, guys. I, I don't know why I almost said give it up. Like you guys were all gonna start <laughs> applauding. Like I just I'm on stage right now. I'm like give it up for Isabel Zotten, everybody. Give it up for woo. <laughs> Isabel, we're so excited to have you on. I'm so excited to be here. This was a, you suggested this movie I to did. us. And I, I love that. I'm very excited. Why did, may I ask, uh, why did you suggest this movie? Um, well, this has, podcast has been on my list of mm. podcasts I have to insert myself into for a long time. We love it. And I recently saw this movie for the first time ever. Wow! Oh my god! In, like in adulthood, seeing Stop. Anaconda, a movie that I'd only heard rumors about. <laughs> yeah, and I think maybe five seconds into the movie, I was like, "This has to be on the podcast." Absolutely. I think I texted you as I was watching it. I was like, "We need to talk about." Oh this. yes, no, I and I can see why after watching yeah. this, yeah. I can absolutely see why. So this is a fresh watch for you. That's mm-hmm. oh, because I remember seeing this like back in the '90s, like when it came out, and you're like, "Yeah." And rewatching it now is a trip. Like it it's is such wild. a trip. It's, it's such wild. a wild fucking movie, guys. So if you haven't seen this 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 absolute classic, okay, this movie, I it, it is a classic. I'm gonna call it that. Um, it is essentially the breakdown of this movie: giant snake will maybe eat you and then regurgitate you and eat you again for funsies. Love that. Love that for the snake. Um, they send out. We've got <laughs> J Lo. <laughs> an ice cube on a boat. They are, uh, they're hunting for a, for uncontacted peoples, which is wild <laughs> as a, as a lead of like, we're the good guys. You know, these people have been uncontacted. Let's get the fuck in there. Um, and this, and they basically like worship this, this very large snake. Um, they've been living peacefully with it for a while. Seems like they're doing just fine. Um, they meet a poacher. This poacher wants to catch this snake. A bunch of them die. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) A bunch of them die by the hands of this snake. Also that man. Um, I'm team snake. (laughs) I'm Team Anaconda, absolutely. I what have I missed here? I, That's uh, a much more complex breakdown than I would have given. Yeah, <laughs> I would have just been like uh, Snake eats movie crew. <laughs> yeah, Snake eats movie crew. That is exactly what happens. Yeah. Uh, that is the logline of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, just anyway, okay. Before we get, I, I have so much to say about this movie. And uh, guys, before we get into uh, who the villains are of this movie. Just a, this is a quick reminder, guys. We've got something really special coming up on November 5th. Uh, we're going to be participating in Extra Life Game Day, which is a 24-hour live streaming event with all proceeds going to Sick Kids Hospital. Yeah, we love Sick Kids, uh, the hospital. Obviously. The hospital. We keep having <laughs> to say yeah, that, the it's hospital. Like, uh, no, like they also, yeah, and they obviously do fantastic work. Like not only, you know, uh, guaranteed if you're in uh, in Canada or something, you know somebody who has had a kid 
kid who has to go there or or you've been there yourself as a young kid. My son um, had to go there when he was a baby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Like it's it's they're it's, wonderful there. They're wonderful. Yeah. And they're actually like a research hospital, too. Right. So they're doing um, like a lot of, you know, pioneering work, figuring out how to treat uh, things and, 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 and doing a lot of clinical research. Big, big fans of them, which is why we're supporting them uh, on the on, on the Extra Life Game Day. Absolutely, guys. Um, the From Superheroes Network will be hosting the stream. Um, we're going to have a, a, just a, a bunch of different events. We're going to have games, watching, watching parties, and we are recording this podcast. We're going to do a live, uh, live stream of this podcast. What am I going to say? We can't edit it out. Let's, <laughs> let's find out what, uh, what Ivamy's been editing out that I've been saying. <laughs> See how spicy we can get, guys. Every $20 donation gets you entered into a prize draw on the stream. Uh, this includes free t-shirts from tpublic.com. And we're going to have, uh, we're going to be rolling out more prizes uh, the closer we get to the event. And also our biggest prize, uh, or not even a prize, you just buy it. It's awesome. I, every $50 donation gets you access to the complete backlog of all the uh, Patreon exclusive episodes of every podcast on the From Superheroes Network. That's uh, 225 episodes of uh, Talk From Superheroes. I hate it, but I love it. And us, the villain was right. If you don't know us, you're listening to us. I don't know what's happening. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, guys, if you're interested, uh, visit extralife.fromsuperheroes.com today to donate. Uh, at that link, you can also get event info, including our schedule, uh, charity details, and you can also follow us on Twitch so that you know when the uh, stream goes live on November 5th. So, once again, that's extralife.fromsuperheroes.com. That's E X T R A. L-I-F-E dot from superheroes dot com to donate. Thank you to everyone who's donated already, and we're looking forward to seeing you on November 5th. Uh, now we need to get into it. Yes. Who do you think the villain of this movie is? Isabel, <laughs> 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 we'll kick it to you. <laughs> so I just want to start by saying that after watching this movie twice, uh, very close back to back, <laughs> once when I discovered it and second to freshen up for this podcast, I've come to the conclusion that Anaconda is possibly one of the best movies ever. <laughs> oh and I'm not God. saying that ironically. It's I because it's that. either the perfect, so bad it's good, mm -hmm. schlocky, mm. cult, yes. stupid film, or it's an incredibly nuanced and intelligent and well-articulated commentary on how all of us are complicit in colonialism. <laughs> yes! That's the energy we came here yes! for. And I think gives a very um, nuanced take about race within colonialism. Race Whoa. and ethnicity, which are different things, and how they coexist within a colonialist space. That was so intelligent and so articulate. Mm. It shames me to say that I'm going to be, it was a snake! <laughs> <laughs> so, on the face of it, on the face of it, we have the villain being the snake, but yes. more obviously, we have a villain in John Voight's character. I'm not, I'm not just talking about his accent, which is <laughs> inarguably the biggest villain of this movie. Wow. It's a choice, it for is, sure. It's a choice that should Google, not have been made. <laughs> I had to Google what accent is John Voight trying to do in Anaconda, because I could not tell from hearing it. Oh, he, yeah. he dips in and out of yes. a very strange, made-up... I was wondering if it was me the whole time, because sometimes I'm like, I'm from a small town. I'm like, maybe I don't know, but my brain's going, no, no, <laughs> no. The whole time my brain was screaming. <laughs> there, sorry, there's something so interesting about choosing to do an accent that doesn't exist. <laughs> like... <laughs> 
you're like, I don't want to be problematic. Like, I don't want to be a white guy doing like, uh, so it's just an accent that nobody speaks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Apparently it was supposed to be Spanish, which uh, okay. adds another layer of it being interesting because this is filmed or set rather in Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. Where they do Portuguese. not speak Spanish. No, yeah, they yeah, don't. Yeah. Um, no, Brazil, that's uh, Portuguese. Yeah. <laughs> very different. Those are two very, different languages. Very distinctively different accents. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, that accent is horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's definitely a big, big villain in this. Like, I, oh, I, I indefensible isn't. in most of his actions, is what I would say. Well, you say that now. I do. Ah! <laughs> 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 and then, yeah, snake, snake, snakey. <laughs> you can view the snake in one of two ways. And both of those ways, the snake is correct in a mm -hmm. way that's very, like, we're just going to say this off the top because John Voigt's character takes a bit longer to uh, justify. The snake is either seen as just a uh, part of nature, like an animal that yes. ethically has no, is completely neutral and mm -hmm. is just acting like an animal that yeah. is defending its children and territory, in which case it's right just by the sheer nature of humans went into nature, like they fucked around and they found out. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so the in which fuck case, around and find out yeah, argument, they, they I really love They just went into the Amazon, they fucked around they found out. And the other thing... <laughs> oh, we're big on the fuck around yes. and find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other way to view the snake is that the snake is a mythical creature. It says pretty explicitly in the movie that this tribe worships the snake as a, a protector. Yes. And so in that case, you view the snake as a a god figure that is protecting this uncontacted tribe from yeah. what will surely be disease, <laughs> death, and destruction, which the, the colonizers are bringing towards it. So in both of those views, the snake is unequivocally right. And that is oh, absolutely. so self-apparent, it's almost boring. Well, um, but, yeah, and, and like just to jump off that point where you go like, they're, they're contacting... An un, they're trying to shoot a documentary about contacting an uncontacted tribe. Yeah. The moral, the morality of that is just like it's it's rock bottom. Like don't Absolutely. don't oh, do that. Horrifying. Don't do that. Absolutely. But yeah. in addition to that, like the cast of characters that we get who are going out to do this, it's insane. Like the one there's the 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 British guy who shows up bringing like wine and golf clubs. and golf clubs. Oh, like he's shooting golf balls into the river. Uh, I was like, I, I was no. just like, don't. First Dump of all, don't this do that. Man in the river. Yeah. Fuck that guy just, i hate that they're so uninterested in like what this culture might be because there might be like an anthro uh anthro anthropology anthropological <laughs> yes there we go a, hey. uh, uh reason of like we're studying th that society or that culture or whatever but they're not there for that like nobody is interested in the amazon nobody's interested in the culture of these people like like there's a point where uh uh john voight kills a hog like a wild boar and they throw it on the boat and they're like cut it up it'll be food for a week and ice cube goes food like he has disdain for and that's that's an identify that's a pig you know what i mean that's an <laughs> that's not like it's not like you pulled fungus off of a rock and we're like there we go we eat this here that's like <laughs> in all fairness they don't know if that pig was sick they don't know if the pig was rabid. The pig uh, attacked okay. someone before they shot it. I'm defending Ice Cube because, okay, I have a list of yeah, yeah, every yeah. character. Oh, no, I'm so excited. Ranked with um, how large their crimes against humanity were. <laughs> yeah! 
not not as individuals, but as like what they stand for. Sure. What, what? their metaphors yes. for. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so excited. We're take gonna, over, take over, Isabel. I'm, you go, I'm, you I'm ride. Get a cup of tea. And <laughs> yeah, I'm talking in. J Lo's the most complicated, and she's meant to be the most complicated. And mm. her casting as a Latina character, I think, is incredibly deliberate because if we're mm. talking about relationships to colonialism, mm -hmm. that's probably the most complex because the Latina person, um, and I, like, I don't want to talk out of my ass because I'm not Latina, but there's a big difference between race and ethnicity. Like mm -hmm. being Latina is an ethnicity, not a race. Mm -hmm. And people from like South America, the, her character is from, I think, South Southern California and JLo herself is from Puerto Rico. So you're talking about like a really multifaceted identity where she ha is descended from both colonizers and indigenous people, most likely. Okay. Puerto Rico in, in particular is 49.8% mixed race and 17.1% white. So coming into this, you have someone who's not really clear cut on the side of colonizer or on the side of uh, indigeneity off the bat. And her ambiguity is what makes her kind of a perfect protagonist in this um, mythical battle over like nature and indigenous identity over uh, colonial, mm. uh, what do you call it? Like invasion. I'll touch on her later, but I think the movie makes it pretty clear that she's not good at what she does very early on. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> For two reasons. One, uh, the day before she starts shooting, she's on like a GeoCities site, like Googling <laughs> Amazonian tribes. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you find that information. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is 1997 pre internet. Pre-Google. This like, is pre-Google. Yeah. We've some like those web search <laughs> suck. Yeah, they are not good. You gotta hit a library. You had for to that. learn like Boolean logic. She's, You'd be like Amazon minus Brazil she's plus. Done no research prior to this. She is going in cold. She she just wanted her showbiz job. And it's also important to note, like this movie has so many details that seem like mistakes, but then you examine them and you're like, mm. was this intentional? They're looking for a made-up tribe uh, called the Shirishama. And the tribe that she is Googling is also a made-up tribe, and it is a different tribe called the Shamentu people. So she's not even looking up the right <laughs> tribe. And she's trying to sound it out. Yeah. She was like, it starts with an S. It starts with an S H. <laughs> and because both of them are made up, again, this implies that it was a deliberate move on the part of the film. Because they didn't just go like, oh, just have her like Google and we'll show whatever website. No, they made this website deliberately with the wrong name of the wrong tribe. Right. So she's very like unprepared for this oh, job. Yes, she's about okay, to take I see what on. you're saying. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and forgive me for saying this. What was her job again? <laughs> she was the director. Of oh, okay. Yeah. She, she was the director. director. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I this was like, her big break. Right, right, right. I knew she was involved, but like, as you're like, she's bad at her job. I was like, right. What was her job? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when someone does something so well, and you're always like, yeah. And what do you do again? <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> she got the job because the. I don't know what his role is in particular. Like the researcher, the the guy. Yeah, I think the adventurer. The adventurer who <laughs> yeah. who got the grants is her boyfriend. Right. So yep. again, we have this moral ambiguity of like she's presented to us in a way that we as the audience are used so used to digesting where we're like, she's the protagonist, she's the good guy. But immediately, within five seconds of meeting her, we're like, 
she's not. Yeah. Also, a very interesting detail. She's sta- staying at the Ariao Jungle Hotel. Considering all the details this movie adds that are made up, pulled out of their ass. Right. A great example is that the the anacondas will regurgitate food so that they can eat it again because they're so bloodthirsty. <laughs> when in fact, anacondas That's so funny. have been observed regurgitating food, but only when they're in danger as a defense mechanism, when they have to be fast. Because you need like, to fucking... Let's get this hog out of my belly. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Who hasn't done that? Just puked and ran, huh? <laughs> Who amongst us? <laughs> Tonight is over. <laughs> I'm going home. I shouldn't have eaten that capybara. Yeah. <laughs> Stop after one capybara. Yeah, that's the rule. That's, that's the, the rule. rule. And now I'm in an Uber home, and it's uh, it's a whole problem. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the anaconda are relatable queen. Um, <laughs> relatable queen. <laughs> but this one is not a made-up detail. It, it very it says in the subtitle very beginning she's staying at the Ario Jungle Hotel. I yeah. looked up this hotel, real hotel, a luxury hotel in Brazil, just okay. north of Manaus, like just south of Venezuela. And this hotel has since closed. It closed in 2016, but it was a renowned luxury hotel. It was a treetop, like a treehouse hotel. Oh, okay. A lot of celebrities stayed there, and it came under fire from people calling it. And this is a direct quote. quote all that is wrong with Amazonian ecotourism. <laughs> oh! Oh! What a get. So, That's a fun fact yeah. right there. That's yeah. a really fun fact. Um, it's it, it, very interesting because, like, as you're mentioning all these things that are, like, seem like mistakes or not, it's, like, the director of this is Peruvian. Like, yeah. so, like, n- knows. Am I convincing you? Or you're, like, yeah, this no. movie's made I by actually... geniuses? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced that there's more to it than I than snake eat man. Uh, snake eat man. Man eat snake. <laughs> <laughs> so it's my, uh, what do you call it, hypothesis, yeah. my thesis statement mm-hmm. that um, this movie sets up very quickly to establish that these characters are not good and what's coming to them is a like mythological reckoning. Yeah. Um, also interesting and important to note that within five minutes of meeting her sleazebag British boyfriend, he makes a comment not about how he's excited to meet the tribe and learn, but about how he got all this grant money. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and how he's excited to fuck J-Lo. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was pretty <laughs> much mean, the whole conversation. <laughs> we can forgive I, that. You know what? You're right. <laughs> you, I mean, you could be the most moral person in the world, yeah. and you'd be like, yeah, but also I'm pretty excited to fuck 1997 <laughs> J-Lo. I like, mean, Cast the first stone. Uh. <laughs> so JLo represents this um, again, like the moral ambiguity of having one foot in both camps. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, being kind of ignorant. I might refer to this a bit later on, so I'm just going to quickly say it. Um, you can tell that I was raised Catholic. So there are two types of ignorance in Catholic metaphysics. There's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I am here for that ever point. I just love that. Like, anyway, there's two, like, we're in, talking about anaconda, and like, there's two types of ignorance in this Catholic is, metaphysics. Really and I was just like, I love it. I'm on board I, for continue. all this. Please I just need continue. to call out how juicy and wonderful that phrase is. Yes. Please continue. Oh my God. <laughs> there's culpable ignorance and inculpable ignorance. Okay. Meaning okay. that there's ignorance that can be forgiven, and there's ignorance that cannot. When it comes mm-hmm. to spe- specifically relating to making moral choices. So okay. a seven-year-old has culpable ignorance because their actions are a reflection of their environment and the people around them, whereas a 30-year-old has inculpable ignorance. 
meaning that even if you have blind spots as an adult, it's your job to address, to find them out and to address them. Okay. Yes, anyway. absolutely. Yeah, yes. I, there's a lot of things like ignorance Catholic of Church the law. We can disagree isn't... with, but this is the thing that I'm like, oh, they, they had that one right. Yeah. Like ignorance of the law isn't an excuse for, for exactly. breaking the law. Like I didn't know there was a speed limit. Well, well you should have. You were driving a car <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and we have them everywhere. So maybe <laughs> you could deduce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so what are you saying? So uh, I'm this saying one that, is. um, the whole movie is an exploration of whether JLo's ignorance is culpable or inculpable. Ooh. And I think that the movie also states that most of us live in a state of inculpable ignorance when it comes to the harms of capitalism and, uh, what's the colonialism? Yeah. Anyone? The so big C's. The <laughs> big C's. <laughs> <laughs> the boyfriend represents a very academic colonialism. Yeah. Like that National Geographic. Like it's like fine. Pure yeah. arrogance. Pure. Oh, he doesn't yeah. see non-white people as people. Like he sees J-Lo as like a, you know. Something yeah. that, like he wants to have sex with her. He doesn't. He's not like, oh, I'm so proud of you for this job because this is going to be your big break. He yeah. doesn't talk about that. Ice Cube brings that up. Right. Yes, that's right. Oh my God. So Ice, this whole cast list is insane. Owen Wilson's no, in this. Owen we haven't Wilson. even mentioned that Owen Wilson <laughs> is here Owen Wilson, <laughs> J-Lo, what? Ice Cube. Next on my list. John Boyd. Like I, the more people they kept rolling out, I couldn't, I don't know about. And this must have been real early career, Owen Wilson. Oh too, yes, like. absolutely. And I just couldn't stop scream laughing at this movie. Yeah. Like I just sat back and was just like, this is the best. This yeah. is the best thing. I, I honestly, I'm on board with both of your things. On you this. can watch either, it in it's both It's either ways. so yeah. bad it's good or it's fucking genius. Yeah. And I'm here for both. Yeah. I'm here for both. I'm so glad I watched this fucking movie. I'm thrilled. And the bad CGI is a metaphor <gasps> for our lack of commitment and trying. I do want to talk about the bad CGI. Yes. I'll, I'll never criticize a movie over bad effects yes. that are that date it. Yeah. Because yeah, we were yeah, all yeah. trying our best at the time. But the fact that <laughs> there's a bit of trivia about this, so they're like, at one point the mechanical snake malfunctioned and some of those made it into the movie. And I'm like, that was self-evident. Yeah, it was very <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I okay, like you were saying, you can excuse bad CGI, you can excuse a lot of things. You can't excuse this is not how any animal moves ever. No, 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 no. ever. No. And I get we're like heightening it because it's like a, it's like a, it's supposed to be like it's it's a scary movie and like th this this snakes attacking everybody. But I'm just like my god, nothing nothing on the planet moves like this. No, the no, snake no. screams. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for demonstrating. <laughs> that's it. That's wow, the sound. That's the uh, one. Rebecca's um, imitating an I, anaconda. Yeah. And I can't, that's, what it, that's what they say about me. They're like, you have such an anaconda laugh. Yeah. It's so insane. <laughs> you're such an anaconda, Rebecca. Um, like, I, you're right. It does. I, yeah. it, it makes like a ee, a It horrible. made me laugh so fucking hard every time that snake was on screen. It, that feels like it's a movie decision, too, where you're like, of course, an anaconda would strike silently. Yeah. Like, of course it would. <laughs> but, like, the same way that there's no sound in space. Like, we, we can't, like, we've got to put a noise in for it. Otherwise, it sounds like we forgot it, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, they could have done, like, a... A hiss you know? would have been the classic yeah. to go with. Yeah. Absolutely. And, I mean, a silent horror villain is pretty... Well, you could have run with that. But, absolutely. again, the yes. scream was a weird, deliberate choice. And be because... 
Yeah, it, it, you're right. The silent villain thing is sort of put it off, which is like how a, a, a snake like that actually hunts is it lies in wait. And then if you like stumble onto it, it like quickly coils around you. But it's a very, like that's a slow turning, crunching, like it takes a hot minute, mm-hmm. you know? And But that's not what's, and that's scary in its own right mm-hmm. to like have something wrapped around you and just squeeze the life. That's terrifying. And the fact that it's taking a long time is terrifying. But that's not how these snakes work. <laughs> these snakes are like fast. They're like flying through the air at certain points. They fly and they their jaws grab onto the necks or faces yeah. of the characters. And then coil like and a... And quickly spin them up. <laughs> <laughs> It's so, it happens like it, so fast. And it feels also like you watch the movie and there's moments where it's like they didn't set up the shot properly. So like the camera quickly changes perspective to do the curl. Yeah. Mm. Like it looks real janky. Like and that feels like that feels like a mistake. Like oh, an honest to god mistake. <laughs> like the the boat guy, like the boat captain is like the most obvious. Like he falls in the water and he like gets up and he like, you know, brushes the the water off of his hair and he's like looking around. And then they cut to a completely different angle. Like it's it's jarring to have the <laughs> snake go at him. And it was like, oh shit, we didn't film enough for the CG people to do. We've got to go back and film this later. <laughs> <laughs> but we forgot what angle we used. Like the lighting is slightly different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all these little things. But I will say confidently, there's no death scene in this movie that isn't iconic. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Run, Every single one. Run down. Okay, well, you just described a great one. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, my favorite one, absolutely my favorite one, is the one death that isn't from the snake. There's a character named Denise. Yes! <laughs> I truly, describing it does not do it justice. If you're listening to this, I don't care if you don't see the whole movie of Anaconda, you have to see this one death scene. My favorite death scene possibly of all time, we'll see. So Denise (laughs) represents complete passivity when it comes to living within a colonialist structure. She doesn't make her own decisions. She doesn't even really know the character of the guy she's sleeping with. Mm. And John Voight's character, who we'll get into in just a bit, refers to her as baby bird, (laughs) implying that she has like an innocence about her. But again, is it culpable or is it inculpable? Oh, yeah. And she is killed... uh, in self-defense, I guess you could say. she John Voight's character is tied up. Her boyfriend has been killed by the snake. She's super upset. John Voight's character essentially let her boyfriend be killed by the snake. So she approaches John Voight, who I'm sure has a character name, but I'm forgetting it. It doesn't <laughs> matter. It doesn't matter. John, John Voight. Voight. <laughs> Every time it, I he does not John. melt into the character, let's just no, say. No, he does not. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't he disappear doesn't into his role. Every time I hear John Voight, that just a, a quick side here is I can't help but think of Patton Oswalt's joke where he goes, John Voight's balls, where he's talking about how like the Star Wars prequels and how you don't have to know where cool things come from. Like, and he's he goes like, yeah, I find Angelina Jolie really hot. Here's a photo of John Voight's balls. <laughs> I was just like, every time I hear the word John Voight, I hear Patton Oswalt saying John Voight's balls. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, but your point was. <laughs> oh, the death scene. Okay, yeah. so she's approaching him with a knife. And then he makes a very interesting point. No, he says a very interesting line. She approaches him with a knife and he says a very interesting line. He says, never look into the eyes of the person you're going to kill. 
taken in the you can take this in both contexts. Either it's like a cool villainy thing for him mm-hmm. to say, or he's making some sort of comment on how uh, colonialism is all about harming people who are far away from uh, you and you never yeah. have to see them. Like you know, she's the she's the passive voice of mm. of settler colonialism, and she you know she gets her clothes from sweatshops. So he's like you know, open your eyes, baby bird. Yeah. Anyway, he he's sitting down. And he's tied up to a pole, and when she goes to stab <laughs> him, somehow he jumps up <laughs> with his legs. He shoots up the pole. He wraps his legs around her neck. She is standing, by the way. Yeah. And then he strangles her with his legs while saying some prayers in Latin. <laughs> <laughs> and I will just say, I, I agree. That's a, a ridiculous death scene. But I watched that and I was like, this is kind of uh, this is kind of a blow against toxic masculinity or a comment on it. Because normally the jump up and strangle someone with the legs is like a woman's move in an action movie. You know what I mean? Like, like... <laughs> Like that's you've seen that a million times where it's like Black Widow like jumps up on a guy and like snaps his neck with their their thighs and like rolls away. It's like like to the point where like I'm sure if you Google like women superheroes thigh thigh death thigh death that's that's like all the time. And I was like, good to see a man do it. Like if it's if it's good enough, if it's a move that works, a man would do it. I mean, I don't think you could argue from this scene that it does work. Uh, it really flies in the face of physics. It does. It does. <laughs> but I mean, I've seen a snake fly through the air, not anchored to anything so many times at this point, where I'm like, yeah, what is gravity's different in the Amazon as far as I know. Um, yeah. Also, I'm sorry. Um, if you, this, this woman, Denise, and... Um, Owen Wilson. I don't know what his name. The wow. DJ. The wow. Gary. Gary. Okay, Gary, Gary is yes. Owen Wilson's character name. Gary and Denise. If you think it's appropriate to go off from your crew and go fuck in the jungle, you deserve to die. You yeah. deserve to die. Yeah. Absolutely. You can't fucking in the jungle. Are you insane? Also, I don't know if anyone else got as obsessed with Naked and Afraid during pandemic as I did. <laughs> But the only environment that just completely wiped everyone out where they're like, this is objectively the hardest and the most horrible place to survive is the Amazon. Of course. Yeah. Of course it is. of not just like the dangerous animals, but the bugs. Yeah. The, the bugs insects. are just like, like the biodiversity. getting naked in the no, Amazon? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Head to toe, full body rash. No, no, no. I've been naked in a field before and regretted deeply. <laughs> okay, like, you know what I mean? On an Ontario small town <laughs> field. <laughs> And been regret, deep regret. I'm just picturing like barren field, like nothing in it. Just Rebecca standing solo, naked in the middle of this, and just going, "I've made some mistakes. I'm terrible. You best be moving. You gotta have hustle in your step." It's more like me running through a field, going, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> um, well, and it's the the the, the uh, farmer's curse of uh, yeah. run, run backwards through a cornfield. Right. Like, oh yeah. Oh, uh, I, this is a recurring theme on this spot. Corn can cut you. Corn, corn can cut corn you. Corn cuts like a razor blade. Like the leaves on it are super sharp. 
And so if you run backwards through a cornfield, it's going to slice up your ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Firm I... insult to yeah, somebody. Yeah. If you're go like, hey, backwards. go run backwards in a cornfield. Oh, Lord. You yeah. know, you're not liked. <laughs> no. You're not enjoyed by the person that just said that to you. Yeah. And I, so I'm going to say. I a new regional insult today. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, if corn can cut you, I'm sure the jungle is like a thousand times worse. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely not. Sense. You deserve to die. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, but... the bug thing is that really. Because like sometimes you see movies and you're like, oh, it's so tropical it's hot it's mm -hmm. like you know and then you remember the bugs yeah. you're absolutely right where you're like even just like northern canada and you're like look at that lake and the tr the pine trees and mm -hmm. then you go right the black flies yep. <laughs> they will eat you alive and the irony of that scene where they're getting sexy in the jungle is also that they're the sound engineers they're there to record the sounds of the bugs <laughs> at night yeah <laughs> And you know, Again, was this a deliberate choice by the <laughs> And what sounds did they end up recording? <laughs> this is actually a great segue mm. into what Owen Wilson's Gary character represents. Yes. His crimes against humanity. So Gary, the first line that he says, I might be wrong, but like with again, within the first two seconds mm -hmm. of meeting him, he says to the baby bird character, doesn't the jungle make you horny? Yes. And we, again, you could take it as bad movie face value. He's mm -hmm. the horny guy. <laughs> or you could realize that with the, so his aesthetic is very Owen Wilson, like shaggy hair, kind of hippie dude. And he, to me, immediately gave me flashbacks to that, like creepy guy who goes to Thailand and buys some carpenter pants and really just fetishizes. Yes. Asian women, mm -hmm, Asian culture mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that very like, oh, like it's so sexy and just he to me represents colonial fetishization. Yeah, I hope I. Oh, pronounced that's that right. very interesting. Like I like that a lot. Yeah, instead of being like we're here to do a job, I'm like, hey, isn't it great? I've got my girlfriend. He's just like the jungle makes me, me horny. Yeah, yeah, like the yeah. lust for like yeah. the resources almost too, yeah. and like the like this is. And that's mine. another great point because. Yeah. John Boyd's character, who I think is also mythological. We'll hopefully we'll have time for that later. I have so much. I have so much. I, will, I literally will <laughs> let this podcast run for two hours. I don't give a fuck. There is nothing you have said that has not been so interesting. Please continue. So John I'm Boyd in. immediately zeroes in on Gary for some reason. You'll notice that a lot of the time he's like, we could make a million dollars selling this snake, Gary. Yeah. And that st stood out to me because Gary is not a protagonist. Gary is the guy who fucks and dies. Like, why are you focusing on Gary, John Voight? But Gary turns very immediately and becomes on John Voight's side. He's like, we need to get the snake, million dollars. And it just reminds me so much of, like, that guy you meet in college who says he's all, like, socialist, hippy-dippy. Like, I've been to, I went to Thailand and I, like, er opened my third eye. And then he invests in crypto. Mm. Yes. It's like those guys that are like anti-capitalist, but they're also sneakerheads. And you're like, Absolutely. nope, nope, yep. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't go. <laughs> yeah. And most notably, he is the first person to die. Is he? Oh, was, uh, actually, no, 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 no. Mateo's the Mateo's first, the first person the, to the die. The boat captain. The only person who lives Well, actually, the very Amazon. technically, the first person to die is uh, the oh, poacher. Machete. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God, yeah, who he dies. Who kills himself, not killed by the Well, yes, he kills himself, but also... Honestly, great way to start a movie. Oh, go, this great, is so yes. terrifying, I'm going to kill myself. This yeah. snake, I... 
was scream laughing at a snake fucking up a boat. Like just like the, punching holes into wood. Just flying. all rattling. Yeah. He's like, he's at the top of this ship and he's like, no, no, no. I'm not going to wait it out and see what happens. I'm going to shoot myself in the head. But his only name is Poacher. Yeah. Like yeah. if you look up his credits, that's the name of the character. It's Poacher. Mm-hmm. And I had to say, that's morally correct. Get in there. Every time I hear about a poacher dino, I'm like, true. (laughs) (laughs) Great. The the fuck around and find out. Yeah, it is absolutely the fuck around and find out. And again, within seconds of meeting him, we see all these beautiful animals in teeny tiny cages. Yeah, yeah, Very clearly, this is a villain who's being... Absolutely. Fuck that man up. By the protecting (laughs) spirit, if you want to. I mean, you could take it the funny way where you're like, the way that his boat is being rattled and and shaken is absolutely not how a snake would attack anyone. No, none of that. Or you could take it as, it's not a snake. Ramming animals. It's it's like a god figure. Yes. The more you're saying this, the more it adds up. I am... Do not start a cult because I will join. <laughs> Do not you I feel like you can convince me of anything right now. Like I'm just so in. I oh my I'm god. Just, I've dug myself into an anaconda conspiracy theory. Yes. Oh, I'm just oh like my everything's god. connecting. I, like, I'm just, so in. I'm sorry, just I love the idea. This is the first time I've thought of this since you brought it up. Just the idea that a snake would ram a thing, like that an animal without legs could like <laughs> Like, exactly. Like there's nothing to push against. You know what I mean? Like, nope. like if you need to push something, physics says you need to push back on the gr- like a snake. Yeah. yeah. Nope. No. It's either you need legs so to push. bad, it's <laughs> hilarious, or it's like so complex. Yeah. You're like, hmm. Oh my god. I yeah. want to talk a bit about John Voight's. I yes. we'll I have been wanting this John Voight breakdown this whole episode. Okay. I'm so excited. So it's really when I first watched it, I was like, it's going to be hard to convince myself and other people that John Voight is in the right because mm-hmm. he's just also John Voight has the most sleazebag face. He does. Of he any really actor. does. There's yeah. a scene where he's leering at J Lo. Literally, all they need to do is do a close up of John Voight's face, and I'm like, oh, he's ugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They were doing that the whole movie. Yeah. It was we just, just like his face, and I was like, Jesus. Break <laughs> It's just a candid shot of John Voight <laughs> eating a sub, and we just <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh, he looks bad. Yeah. <laughs> bad. Mm-hmm. But I, so when we meet him, there's this weird detail that they add that they didn't need to add, but it's the fact that his character was a priest, oh, is yeah. an ex. That's right. Yes. And there's also an exchange that's very interesting where one of the characters says, "Oh, how does a failed priest end up in the Amazon?" And he looks at the character and he says, "Who said I failed?" Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> yum, 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 yum. So we have the snake, which is presented as a deity. Yes. Yeah. And then we have a character who's presented as a priest. <sighs> yes. I got chills, honestly. Um, I just got chills. D- yeah. Keep going. <laughs> so the whole time, if you watch it through the viewpoint as John Voight is a conduit for the snake, a lot of things start to make sense. Oh, for sorry. Instance, you're sa- sorry. You're saying that John Voight is a conduit for like the snake religion? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was also going to just throw out that, like, he's sort of that Catholic uh, colonialism displacing and at war with the, uh, the the native religion. Well, see, I would argue that if he was an active priest. Oh, okay. But we know that he left the religion. Mm. I, I think I wrote it down because I was like, this is going to be important. But he wrote it down. He said, like, I had to leave the church to see the real world. Okay. Implying that like he completely left that world behind because he was like, this isn't what's 
true and what's real. So you're saying that he's a conduit for the snake religion. Yeah, because if you look historically at what priests and oracles and things like that were, they don't really act of their own accord. They're something, they're like a mouthpiece that the deity can speak through. Uh, yes, absolutely. So if you view him more as a puppet character, mm -hmm. then I think that makes his character make a lot of sense. In particular, the way that he tries to kill one of the other characters, he does it with a wasp. So it's important to note that he uses nature to get revenge on the settler colonialists. And he, he all this begins when one of the characters is like, we're going to contact the Shirashama tribe. And he goes, oh, I know about the Shirashama tribe. The character who's speaking to him, who's the arrogant grant money guy, they have an exchange where Voigt says... Uh, I, I seek out snakes for a living. And then the arrogant guy says, well, I seek out tribes for a living. And I thought that was very telling because it shows that the arrogant guy doesn't see the tribe as people. He's mm -hmm. He sees them as like animals he can seek out. And right. this is the moment when Voight really turns on this group of people. And that's when the violence starts. So in my interpretation of it, it's absolutely Voight protecting the tribe and leading them to the snake, which will destroy them because he knows that they're going to get to the tribe of people. Oh, I can't. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah. I did a little dance over here. I was yeah. like, yes, 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 yes. My brain is rock hard uh, right now. <laughs> I love that. Yes, absolutely. Because he keeps saying, like our, our hoity-toity character keeps going like, there's no way they must be over here. And mm -hmm. he's like, no, 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 yeah. no. We yeah. got to go this way. We got to go towards the snake. And almost like these people are like some sort of like sacrifices and sacrifices that you want to see get got. I'm sorry. Like I, I was here for all of those people getting killed. I do not mind. <laughs> as soon as that movie started, I was like, I hope the snake eats every <laughs> one of these <laughs> disturbing <laughs> motherfuckers trying to find uncontacted people. Oh, yeah. like, yeah, get them. Yeah. Fucking get him, snake. <laughs> There's even That's a so line where the baby bird character says, like, you brought the snake here. You brought the devil here. And then Voight looks at her and he says, uh, I have, again, I wrote it down. And he says, like, there's the devil in everyone. Uh, oh, come on. Yeah, this Basically movie's better than <laughs> Come like, on. You people, like, you're the devil that yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. getting rid of. And you could argue, well, the snake kills John Voight in the end. But... He's the only character who the death is a little ambiguous mm. because we do see the snake swallow him. But then, again, in a moment that you can watch and enjoy in a lowbrow way. It's <laughs> the snake vomits. So the snake vomits him and then he winks at J-Lo. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's not over for me. Um, I am the snake. Yeah, I'm a part of the snake. Yeah, snake and I are one. Yep. It's like vomiting up yourself. It was. Uh, I don't know. Well, that's see. like a weird Trinity sort of thing. <laughs> it's like the Father, the Son, the, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's all in all of them, but it's like in the snake and the poacher, and the we're all uh, they're the same, but they're different. But they're yeah. yeah. He's oh, a puppet man. of the snake. I really like that. Uh, I don't say this to every guest we have, but Isabel, you understood the assignment. <laughs> You've understood maybe better than anyone ever. This is absolutely oh. pulling my socks off. This is um, the yeah. only characters who don't die. Okay. Ice Cube and Ice Cube and J Lo. Yes, Ice Cube I think is the only character who truly has like a culpable ignorance when it comes to maybe not even ignorance, but like as a black man living in America, mm -hmm. he has like no colonial 
masculine. He participates, but we see he participates in the movie because he's helping his friend J Lo. Yeah. He's like, you know, we want. Like, I'm so proud of you. This is your big break against something that her boyfriend failed to care about. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. also the first person who jumps in the water to try to save the first person who's at yeah. risk. He's the first person that's like, guys, we should get out of here. Yeah, we should turn around. And at one point, he attacks Voight's character and Voight fights back. But uh, you do notice, this could have been me projecting, mm. but I did notice that he was the only character that Voight didn't really target for violence. Like, he was kind of brought there along for the ride. Yeah. But what, re-watching it, I was like, oh, it's kind of obvious that he's going to survive. Which, as a horror movie watcher, he's the one you're say, worried yes. about first off the bat. Yeah, yeah. he's going to go first. Yeah. That's that's uh, that's what they do. Unless <laughs> yeah. it's Ice Cube. Unless it's also, uh, yes. No, because Ice Cube also makes it to the end of... Uh, oh, no, no, sorry. That's not Ice Cube. Sorry, I was going to say Deep Blue Sea. That's... Um, uh, uh, L O Cool J in that. Sorry, sorry. Oh yeah, yeah we're but in. he also makes it to the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, no. I thought that was Ice Cube in both of them for a hot minute. Well, Ice Cube's in a lot of stuff. You know, <laughs> he's out there. He's doing it. But yeah, um, you're right. That's so interesting. Also, there's probably something there in that, like he's the cameraman, so he's like the, in theory, the objective the observer. Objective observer. Yeah, yeah. The impartial watcher. Yeah, the person also, who sees the things only as person, they are. The only person who kind of knew his job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like the director, we've established incompetent. The yeah. the actor, so there's a fancy Englishman actor, very easy to say. Like he's just the guy, he represents like classism within colonialism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, First he's, time we see him, he's treating like others like shit. Treating others like shit. And the, the moment where he becomes outraged with the actions on the ship, where he stands up to John Voight and he's like, what's happening? Um, it's after Gary has died. But he's not angry that Gary died. He's angry that John Voight told him to get out of the way and that he wants his cabin. (laughs) And he literally says, you presume to order me about. And that's when he becomes deeply upset by what's happening. When he notices that, oh, wait, my power is being taken away from me. I'm no longer the big boss head honcho. That is a weird... And then the snake eats them. Yeah, so true. I loved how... When uh, Gary was getting eaten, they were like, don't don't shoot it. We need to capture it. And I was like, that's that's an insane take on what's going down right now. No, see, Voight, the the priest of the snake, doesn't allow the snake to be killed. And the fact that he's like, we need it alive. So there's a bit of ambiguity on whether or not Voight actually is a poacher. Because when we meet him. J-Lo says something like, oh, you're a poacher. And he's like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm passionate about snakes. Yeah, I yeah. find snakes. Yeah, because he see? says, and I what find exactly, snakes. And he didn't have anything on him to be able to actually... Well, he dynamite. <laughs> no, but like... No, no, no. Not to, like, if he wants it alive, there's nothing... He yeah. had nothing to trap it, yeah. really. No. He had no nothing to contain tools. it. Yeah, he did have to jump ship, though. That's what I'll say. Like, he didn't have... No, 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 but once you're on that other ship and your plan is to contain this thing... Right. If you're a poacher and you have no tools, you might have to be like, take me back to my camp so I can get my poaching stuff. Yeah, my poaching stick. And what does he... (laughs) See, my theory about him being like a part of the snake or whatever kind of does have to do with how we find him, which is very much like of the Amazon. He's in this little hut calling for help because supposedly he was thrown overboard. Right. And then someone asks him when he mentions he left the priesthood, what's your calling now? And he responds, my new calling is snakes. 
Oh, that's so good. Again, the religious so tie good. between him. Yeah. This, on, this like all snake, checks out. Yeah. I cannot poke a hole. I can't uh, poke a hole in this no, theory. Okay. It's rock solid. Uh, yeah, that's great. Because what does he take from the other man's boat? The poaching supplies. He he takes the 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 uh, dart gun and yes. the, the um. I think that's it. I think it was pretty much a dart gun. Oh, and some snake uh, snake hides. Right. Uh yeah, no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're after a snake that big, the question really is, where's the market well, for okay. a live snake of that size? Wouldn't you want the skin? Wouldn't that be what you're poaching for? Okay, wheelhouse. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> you know, guys, you're you know an me. Expert on poaching. You know me. Uh, I have the uh, uh, the the Wikipedia article on anacondas open as I'm watching this movie <laughs> on the other screen. Okay, so here's the thing. So there is actually like a big reward. I don't think it's a million dollars for like uh, an anaconda that's over a certain size, and it's like because. People are saying like, oh, anacondas can get up to like 40 feet long. And it's like, they probably absolutely can't. Um, but there's like this, if you get a picture of Sasquatch, we'll like pay you. Mm. And the the reason that it's live is because um, snakeskin stretches a lot. So if you kill it and like pull the snake, it would like kind of double in size almost mm. or like get much, much longer. So the only way to like accurately measure it is to bring it in live and have it actually measured. So it's kind of like a, um, a like prove that we can, the prove that there's a snake that big kind of thing. Um, yeah, that's why. That's why you gotta get it live because there's difficulty in measuring dead snakes, which I did not know before. Or so because he's a part of this god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a real thing. And uh, also uh, Anaconda's not the biggest snake in the world. No. Uh, it's the- uh, Burmese python. Yeah. It's the uh, reticulated python. Uh, oh, it's not the Burmese one? Oh, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe to it's be like... fair, my, half of my family's Burmese, so like, oh, we okay. take pride in that language. <laughs> 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 like, anaconda is the heaviest one, but the reticulated python is like the longest, so it's like a, an anaconda that's six feet long will weigh more than a, a reticulated python that's six feet long, but like oh, yeah. a reticulated python will like grow longer. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, that's the only snake that's been confirmed to feed on humans the reticulated uh, python yeah like they so have anacondas haven't been known to eat humans uh there is no documented cases of it but i will defer to you <laughs> and say maybe we should listen to indigenous people when they tell us that it happens <laughs> 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 you know let's not let's not go like western science has never proven that an anaconda will eat a man uh when you just talk to someone that's like i saw it, it happened to that guy yeah it happened <laughs> to that guy it happens all the time <laughs> uh, happened to jim last week yeah, jesus yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, fuck yeah because there's another thing with like Oh, you listen to indigenous cultures and they they know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Like famously, like the Franklin expedition in Canada, where like we're obsessed as a country with finding the the guy who froze to death in the Northwest Passage. Yeah. I don't oh, know why. Um, and like so for years they've been looking for his ships and then they find it. And I'm gonna paraphrase here, so like I got it wrong, but when they did finally find them, they found the two big sailing ships, and it was in a bay that the uh, Inuit called uh like the bay where the ship sunk or something like that yeah. like, it's, 
And they're like, maybe we should have. Maybe we should have checked uh, with one person. <laughs> That's so like they knew. Fucking they knew where funny. it was the whole time. Why didn't we ask? See, it's oh that arrogance. Where it's yeah. Exactly. Like, well, I look for ships for a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 to sort of go off of your point, it's like there's this problem with like western science as it's it's done where it's like the the need to conquer like nature is something mm-hmm. that should be conquered mm-hmm. um to be understood whereas like it's really should be more about understanding it right like if you were there like this is a much different movie uh to your point where if they were like botanists yep. looking to catalog wild flowers or you know, doing a biodiversity survey or something like that. Mm. It's a much different movie. And you go like, oh, well, that's all good. But no, they're out there to like conquer it and and show it and capture it and mm-hmm. expose it to the world for like money. Yeah, it's some weird diseases or viruses or give them a new God because they saw something they'd never seen before. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're just... Yeah, no, none of that. None of that. I, I, mean, I honestly was not sad for one person that died in this no. film. Not no. one. Not a no. single one. No, no, I was ready for it. So let me ask you this then, with all the, the theories that you've put forward, which I love, how do you feel about the ending where the So the tribe- ending yeah. is what proves that this is a true horror movie. Because you could argue like it's a thriller, you could mm-hmm. argue whatever, but there are certain hall- hallmarks yes. of a horror movie. And one of them is it morally it's never ambiguous. Horror movies tend to be very, like, we're criticizing this, we're criticizing that, which is why I love horror movies. You get right. some really interesting social commentaries. Like, if you have sex and as a teenager, the man you're with the hook die. will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in this one, again, I think it's very clear-cut. Like, you know, fuck around with the jungle, find out, whatever. But horror movies always end on a, an ambiguity of, does the villain die Right. They survive. And in this case, it's very clear the snake dies, gets blown up. But the snake wasn't the villain. J-Lo was the villain. And the main villain was the Grant money guy who survives because he got a tracheotomy from John Voight, blah, 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 blah. And so in the end, when they see the tribe, that's like the jump scare horror ending where you're like, oh, the villain survived. Like, oh, like when the- oh. So you're saying J Lo, Ice Cube, and that other guy like sailing off into the sunset is like Jason rising back from exactly. the exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like when the teen girl's like driving away in the car, yeah. and then suddenly Leatherface is like banging on the side of the car door, and, then, and you're like, oh, and then it's credits. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. They did. Yeah. All this happened, and the bad guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Yeah, you fucking nailed the <laughs> shit you out of it. You made me a fan of my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, no front to back. That was absolutely incredible. Do we have any final points? Anybody? I think I, I mean I'm definitely things. I barely said anything, but I'm wrapped up here. <laughs> I honestly wish I could have said less. I'm sorry that I spoke at all, everyone. This was excellent. <laughs> I do think it's really interesting that the fancy British man, his thing was golf, which is, I mean, again, on the face of it, you're like, yeah, fancy, rich guy Mm. sport. But it's also the sport that's one of the most environmentally damaging. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All golf courses should not exist. (laughs) Sorry if you golf. (laughs) 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 Yeah, the the fandom show, another podcast I was there, had a great uh, discussion at the end of one of their episodes. I think it was the James Bond one where they go, um, you don't have to uh, 
agree with the things that you like uh, as like you like you don't have to agree with the politics of like James Bond to enjoy James Bond as a franchise. And I thought that was really good. So like I feel like golf is kind of the same way. It's like I, I don't pl- know. I, I feel like golf. golf has real world implications. No, 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 no. no. I know. I know. But like, you know, you play golf James and you Bond enjoy it a, because it's something that you a do. a fairy tale. Yes, exactly. <laughs> something that you do and it's like uh, that thing, but you don't always have to agree with it. It's like a physics it equation where it's like this works in like if we were using perfect spheres. In right, right. Yeah. yeah. With no other variables. Like yeah. golf is fun. Can a snake if you... fly? Yes, it can if you assume <laughs> it's a sphere. <laughs> <laughs> What's the air resistance on a snake? The first thing you do is assume it's a sphere. That's 100% what you do. I mean, as, they seem pretty aerodynamic as they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. Were, like, shot one like an arrow. It might, you might idealize it as a tube. You're right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my yep. God, guys. Well, I think it's that time. I think it's time to rank our, uh, our, our, our villains. Uh, what do you got for us, Craig? Yeah, so um, I, I famously am against uh, reptiles as pets because I, I don't think that they have... It's arrogant to me to assume that uh, animals have the same emotions that we do. And I think the further mm-hmm. you get from a mammal, the less they have in common. Um, so, sorry, I thought we'd get into this more in the episode. So, uh, so I thought we'd talk more about snakes. Yeah. Like, I don't know why I did. <laughs> Um, so my scale, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm ranking the snake. So it's the snake emotional scale range, okay. uh, i.e. what those stupid fucking reptiles are actually capable of feeling. Yeah. Uh, so on a scale from a hot rock, can I sleep on it, to can I eat it, uh, I'm giving the anaconda an existential dread about not having any legs. <laughs> those are the only three things a snake can feel. I love can that. Can I sleep on it? Can I eat it? Why don't I have legs? <laughs> That's very cute. I love that. What do you got for us? Uh, this is the part where I don't think I understood it. I've no, don't worry. Just make something up right now. I mean, snakes. So I was like, oh, the scale scale. The- oh! oh, we love it. I love it. Yes. <laughs> I did very little mental work. No, this is perfect. And I was like, scales. So I guess I'm just numbering like, yes, you know, perfect. On a scale of zero snake scales to, you know, a hundred snake yep. scales. How many sc- Let's talk about reptiles. Yes. How many scales on a snake, Craig? It depends on the size of the snake. Hey. <laughs> All right, let's go with a with a real heavy anaconda. I don't know. <laughs> How <laughs> many jelly beans are in the jar? <laughs> let's say 200. I don't oh, know. Oh, that can't be. It's got to be more than that. <laughs> anyway, continue. All right, on a scale of uh, one snake scale mm. to 100 snake scales, I'm going to give the snake 100 snake scales because he deserves them. Oh, I love that. Okay, so I'm also, I'm ranking the anaconda. Uh, My scale is titled, uh, my anaconda don't want none unless you got (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm Bonson. So from a scale of uh, my ass to Kyle Lowry, I am going to, the just, oh, (laughs) what a treat. Um, I am going to give him a J-Lo. Great ass. Great ass. Good for you. You're doing what you need to do. We support you. Also, continue that was, on, J Lo's ass. Continue on. It really speaks to the technological constraints, you know, because mm. they had struggled with a mechanical snake. And in 1997, that was the biggest ass that technology could create. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best the 90s had to offer. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Explain to a child today, just showing a picture of J Lo being like, this is the biggest ass. This was the best yeah. one. Yeah. 
This was the best one. Can you even imagine? (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Uh, And guys, before we get to our heroes and villains of the week, as always, there's a couple ways you can help out the podcast, guys. If you got a couple of bucks, we're on Patreon, team. Hit us up on Patreon.com. Villain was right. if If you listen to an ad this episode and you're fucking mad about it, get over there. Give us a dollar. We want it. We want your. We want your loonies. <laughs> I don't know. Is it lo- no? It's selling USD. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we want your. <laughs> it's a Sacagawea dollar. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So you can hit us up on Patreon.com. Uh, we've got bonus episodes. Uh, we're covering uh, the witches this month as Craig's pick. It is. As unhinged as I remember it, absolutely scarring as a movie. Um, So head over to Patreon if you want to hear us uh, break down that episode. And if you want to follow us. Yeah, you can follow us on uh, Twitter at VWR Podcast, uh, Facebook at Villain Was Right. And uh, if you want to get in touch, uh, you have a suggestion or or, uh, a comment, uh, let us know. Uh, Villain Was Right at gmail.com. We do read it. We don't always get back super soon, but uh, we love hearing from you. We love hearing your stories. Let us know. Yeah, and now it is time for our heroes or villains of the week. I've got a hero this week. Nice. I heroes heroes all around. I did a show in Halliburton um, for a women's retreat recently. Um, I do sometimes these gigs at women's retreats. It's very it's super fun. Um, just you know, groups of women getting together, hanging out, having fun, having a full weekend, and they have different events. And on the Friday nights, they do uh, they do comedy. And uh, so I went in, did a comedy show for them. Lovely, lovely group. I love, honestly, I love performing for just women straight up. It turns into a rally so quick. I love it. I love the energy. Everybody gets excited. But my favorite part about this particular event was this time they were like, would you mind to stick around, me and the two other comedians, and um, judge our lip sync battle. And I was like, I have never wanted to do anything more in my entire (laughs) fucking life. Are you serious? That sounds absolutely incredible. And I just, I gotta say, every single woman that hit that stage was my absolute hero. It was some of the best, it was just women, just like women performing for women, Nobody cared. It was all about the fun. It was all about the pizzazz. It was all about just like getting into it. There was this one woman that showed up. She was like, I do the Zumba on like Saturdays or Sundays or something like that. I wanted to show the women what we do. And I was like, that's great. She got up on stage. She starts doing it. And then she starts getting all of us involved. Now we're all on the stage and we're doing this Zumba. It was just like absolutely transformative. It was one of the best nights of my life. We got to rank them afterwards, make little comments. I had so much fun. The winner was a uh, dirty dancing performance. One of these women dressed up as Patrick Swayze. (laughs) And the other woman, it just like they, I I don't think, I don't know if I've ever seen a better performance in my fucking life, quite frankly. I was <laughs> transported. Okay. I had the time of my life. I did. I really did. Every single one of those women were my heroes. I had the best time. I fucking, yes. These were yeses across the board. I just want to say that very positive experience. Love that. Um, Isabel, what do you got for us this week? Do you have a hero, villain? Uh, I brought a villain story, but it's not from this week. Is no, 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 okay? no. Oh, absolutely. 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 Dig it out from anywhere. <laughs> we just call it our hero or villain of the week. <laughs> Dig it. I don't care. Talk about when you were five years old. I don't care. <laughs> I'm geared up. I'm ready. All right. So you were close. This is when I was seven. Ah, I love it. Oh, my God. Okay, go. This is the only time in my life I think I've looked at someone and, and seen the face of the devil. So <laughs> <laughs> I think about it a lot. Oh, my God. Yes. 
also, I'm sorry if it's a bit of, I hope it's not a bummer. Um, okay, so as we remember from when we were all seven years old, the, the cool thing to do if you were a gal on the playground of St. Mary's Elementary in Fort Vermilion, Alberta, very far north town, was to stand around in a circle with all your gal friends and sing My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. <laughs> this all checks out. Just <laughs> facing each other, holding hands. No, I, I don't remember if they were hands that were held, but like the cool girls would stand in a circle and sing My Heart Will Go On for recess. And I was not a cool girl, but one recess for some reason that I don't remember, I was invited into the circle to sing My Heart Will Go On. I was uh, thrilled to be included, but very nervous to do the actual singing part like that was so strange and then a little boy who was in the same grade as us saw what was happening he invaded the circle and he began to like wiggle his butt and make fart sounds <laughs> as you do kids are so weird <laughs> the girls were scandalized like they were <laughs> they were scandalized <laughs> They were horrified. They were horrified by this display of butt shaking and fart noise making. And the leader of the popular girls, I wish I could say her full name because I love the, the cadence of telling a story from childhood and saying a full name. I'll just make it up. So like her name was Lacey Stinners. All right. So Lacey Stinners, the most popular girl, was furious. Now she was extremely popular because she was the, the closest you could come in this community to a rich kid. Her dad owned the corner store and she had like an unlimited supply of candy to Whoa. bring to school. She was not having it. She was furious. So she goes to the principal. Also, there's like racial dynamics in play because this was a Cree Métis community where the majority of kids were like Cree kids who lived in Alberta housing. Preston was one of them. Um, so the, we get called out of class. We sit down in the principal's office and the principal's like, I want, I want to know what happened. I need, you, I need you to tell me what happened. And the other girls were silent. And I remember being like, well, he like made a fart. He went like. <laughs> 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 and I said this in my heart, in my head, what I was doing was going, look, buddy, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I have three younger brothers at this time in my life. I had two younger brothers. I was like, this is what they do. Mm -hmm. It's normal. It was just a little, and then I kind of illustrated. I was like, he did a little wingle. He went, you know, and that, and the end just, and I thought that the principal was going to be like, all right, this is clearly a case of, you know, kids just making farts, classic kid stuff. We left the principal's office. Preston gets called to the principal's office when we return. He returns, and the principal makes him face the entire class. Here's an important detail. The teacher of our class is Preston's foster mom. He's crying. Oh. And the teacher is like, can I get all the, he names all the girls. Can I get them to stand up? I don't want to be a part of this group. This is the most uncomfortable I've ever been in my entire life. And Preston has to say sorry. Like he has to apologize. And I remember like looking down at the ground, face hot. I was like trying to mouth to him like, it's okay. Like, I don't care. It's okay. And then I look over at Lacey and she's stony faced, just like nodding at his apology. <sighs> Just like, oh, yep, no. yep. And I remember feeling like, oh, you have no warmth in your heart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. There's wow. nothing behind those eyes. That's the devil. That yeah. Is, yeah, no, I don't, I don't care for any of that. It was the meanest thing I've ever seen in my life. Just... <laughs> You know she's yelling at somebody in a restaurant right now. <laughs> like, you just know it in your heart. 
Wow. Yeah, that is a villain. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a great villain. Because first of all, farts always funny. <laughs> if you're a seven-year-old boy. Yeah. It's a classic bit. You see a bunch of girls standing around singing themselves a love song? Yeah, no. No, the head of the Dion's wasn't having it. <laughs> I love it. That's a wow, that's a chill. It's chilly again. Does Lynn have a have a name for her fans the same way Mariah Carey has like the lambs? Oh, I don't know. I think they're just called the French, actually. <laughs> I think they're just the French. Uh, great. Excellent story. I've got a, I've got a hero uh, this week as well. Um, so I was uh, hosting a comedy show um, a couple weeks ago. And um, uh, as you do sometimes, there was, a, there was a guy and a girl sitting in the front row. And uh, I just I was talking to them. And I was like, are you a couple? Um, and here, spoiler alert for all uh, people out there who don't know how comedy works, we don't care what the answer is. Uh, we just have that interaction so we can then talk about what we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So I was like, are you a couple? And they're like, no. And I was like, okay, no worries. Uh, and uh, the girl then turns to the guy and she says, do you want to explain it to him? And... <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, okay, well, like, this is an interview. I, I don't, yeah. yeah, I was like, I don't know. And he goes, yeah, okay. And he, 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 like, looks at me and he goes, well, okay, so we were going to sleep together, uh, but then we realized that we weren't uh, emotionally available enough for each other, so we decided not to. And I'm just like, that is one, an insane thing to say in a crowded room of people. <laughs> so emotionally mature like and we're like 30 seconds into a comedy show (laughs) and i was just like damn like i don't know i i i I can't like i'm stuttering i can't words fail to express how insane that of a response that is like it's oversharing but also it's healthy like (laughs) i'm still coming to grips with it you know it seems like people who go to comedy shows without really knowing what a comedy show is. You know that yeah. audience that's like, oh, they're talking to me, conversation time. Yeah, it's like, well, you yeah. need to understand yeah. the subtleties and nuance of our relationship. <laughs> 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 yeah. So you work together. Thank you. That's good. Fine. Yeah, Thank yeah, yeah. you. Yeah. That's all oh I needed to know. Oh, my God. That's so fucking funny. Yeah. The worst <laughs> response I ever got from that was, the comic was like, so you guys are dating? How long have you been dating for? And they answered at precisely the same time. And the guy said, six months. And the girl said, we're not dating. Oh, oh no. that's bad. No. That's, that's bad. Yeah, that's way worse. That's, that's way so worse. Terrible. That's yeah, yeah. so bad. Uh, yeah, to watch a breakup in real time <laughs> is insane. Because the conversation they have when they leave, that's a... That's, oh, she left on her own. Oh, that's... He stayed behind and everyone bought him a beer. Yeah. Oh. Whereas the conversation my people have afterwards is like, I think we nailed that. <laughs> <laughs> we nailed it. I think everyone knows where we stand as a couple. And, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so that's my hero of the week. Um, well, guys, that does it uh, for us this week on the podcast. Uh, Isabel, where can people find you? Where What, what projects you got going on? Uh, well, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Isabel Zotan. That's my name. And also on Instagram at Isabel Zotan. I'm the only Isabel Zotan in the world, I'm yes. pretty confident. So just look up my name, and you'll. And your Twitter's find my amazing. Stuff. Twitter's amazing. And Twitter's you're also amazing. Very the, talented uh, visual artist. Yes, as well. your comics are so oh, fun. Yeah, They're a, sick. I have an art Instagram at Isabel ZT. If you like, yes. uh, comics or '60s romance <laughs> comic covers. 
Those are great. They're uh, on is the they're Gen so Z, awesome. Uh, is it with an oh a millennial dating magazine or whatever? What, what yeah, like Gen type? Z or millennial yeah, romance. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Follow follow Isabel, guys. Uh, if you want to follow me, you know where I'm at. I'm at Rebecca Reads. Yeah, and you can follow me at Craig Fay Comedy on Facebook, Twitter, CraigFay.com for show dates. And as well, uh, this month, October, I've got uh, my new comedy album, Performance Review, coming out uh, right now. It's available for pre-order, uh, as well as you can pre-save it on Spotify if you follow the link on my website. Um, so thank you very much for that. And uh, that does it for us this week on The Villain Was Right. Uh, tune in next week. We're continuing Kind of Scary Movie Month with... Adam's Family Values, everybody. Adam's Family Values. A hard switching tone. A hard switching tone. I tell or is it? Or is it? <laughs> we'll see if we can dig some metaphors out of that one. We'll see. Uh, yes, but that's uh, us. And until then, uh, this is The Villain Was Right, reminding you of the difference between culpable and inculpable ignorance. <laughs> The Villain Was Right is produced by Andrew Ivamy as part of the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as webcomics, articles, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com.